0: Astrid and Jamila would like to acknowledge that this podcast was made on the lands of the Wurundjeri and the Boon Wurrung people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and we note that this sovereignty was never ceded. Hello, this is Jamila Rizvi and welcome to Anonymous Was a Woman. Today I'm joined by my co-host Astrid Edwards and Mark Brandy, who is the author of new book, The Others. On his 11th birthday, Jacob's father gives him a diary to write about things that happen, about what he and his father do on their farm, about the sheep, the crop, the fox and the dam. But Jacob knows some things should not be written down. Some things should not be remembered. We are so excited to welcome the best-selling author of Wimmera and The Rip to talk about his unforgettable new novel that explores the darkness in our world with the light that only a child can find. Mark, Randy, welcome to Anonymous Was a Woman. Now, many of our audience are going to be familiar with Wimmera and The Rip. Can you introduce us to The Others?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Jamila. Thanks for having me on the show. The Others is my third book, and it's the story of a young boy named Jacob and his father who were living a very isolated existence on a property out in the wilderness. And for his 11th birthday, the father gives Jacob a diary, ostensibly to help with his reading and writing because he's homeschooled. And it's in that form that Jacob really tells the story of the others. And through his diary entries, we see his interactions with the farm and the natural world, but also that his father becomes increasingly protective over him and warns of dangers outside their land. But inevitably, Jacob's curiosity gets the better of him, and he then makes what is really a terrifying discovery up on the hill outside their land.
2: Now, Mark, our theme this week is darkness, and we have chosen you to come and speak to that topic because all of your works, including the others, do touch on the darker aspects of humanity and family relationships and what may happen. And this is a leading question, but... What draws you to explore the darkness in fiction?
1: I'd say, you know, we probably need a therapist to examine me to to unpack that. I think I've always been fascinated with the darker aspects to humanity, I suppose. And I think from a writing perspective, when characters are put under duress and when bad things happen to them, that, of course, is a great source of tension in a work and and tension is really the lifeblood of writing and, and particularly writing into that literary crime kind of area but i think too that when characters are put under those kind of tests and that duress and when bad things happen that's when we see what they're really like and i think that's true of real life as it is in literature when i reflect on my personal experiences even knowing myself, it's when bad things happen to you that you, you kind of, you really understand who you are. And I put my characters in some, some pretty bad situations. I, I think in, in Wimra and in The Rip and in The Others, that's true. And I suppose I'm, I'm probably more interested thinking about my writing from that crime perspective. I, I tend to think of it more about the why of crime more than the how of crime. That's really what what interests me. I like understanding why people do the things they do, not necessarily the mechanics of how it happens. So I suppose that's a, a long way of me not answering your question about about the deeper reasons as to why. But, you know, I'm drawn as a reader to darker literature too. So, I think perhaps what I write is as much a reflection of that as anything else.
2: So, you just mentioned the crime genre and particularly your first book, Wimmera, was very much kind of marketed as crime. But you are not just a crime writer. We don't find detectives and procedurals or anything in your novels. They are they're really good fiction stories. So for those listening, we're not talking about many, many crime novels that come out in a series. We're talking about three independent stories that are very much about the hard stuff. And you often, Mark, address the hard stuff from the point of view of a child or from not a very old person, shall we say. We did that directly in Wimmera and The Others and your main characters in The Rip weren't particularly old. And I guess I wanted to explore that idea of darkness through the ideas of a child.
1: That's definitely a theme in my work. And you're right that in The Rip, they weren't children, but they're adult characters, but they certainly weren't the most sophisticated characters either. I suppose what draws me first as a reader to those kinds of perspectives and that young point of view is kind of a protective element. When I'm reading those sorts of stories, I feel a degree of empathy, of course, but also protection over the characters. So as an adult, when we're reading about a child or a young person in difficult situations, I think we're often reading between the lines as adults, as we have an adult understanding of the world. And I think that that was really important in in the writing of the others in particular, because you've got Jacob there, kind of really, he's living this very closed, protected existence from the world, from the broader world, that his father is sort of keeping him in this house, on this property. And he's starting to, I suppose, in that adolescent way, push boundaries and and trying to understand more about what's going on around him. And he senses that something isn't quite right. But the only way that really he can give expression to that is through things like his illustrations that he does in the book, through his use of dictionary and encyclopedia in trying to understand what's happening. And I think as a reader, we're then trying to draw that bigger picture about, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Who are the others? What is Jacob's father up to? And I like that tension in literature. I like those spaces where a reader is almost asked to enter the story you know where a book leaves that bit of room for them to to draw inferences and you know if I think about some of the writers that I love like Sophie Lagoon is a great example of writing from that child's perspective and I mean I'm not sure if I'll continue on doing that for the rest of my career because it's quite a draining experience like I found it pretty tough to write and you you do have a a limited palette from which to work but you still have to be able to paint a vivid enough world for an adult reader so I think I set myself a task and you know hopefully I pulled it off.
0: I think he certainly pulled it off but I do want to ask a little bit more about creating that character of Jacob because his voice is compelling clearly but it's also really convincing and I imagine trying to inhabit the persona of an 11-year-old is quite a stretch. Can you talk to me about how you do that? Is that something you do quite deliberately? Is it something you research? Is it something you do instinctively?
1: I think it's quite instinctive, really. We all have this inner child, right? And I feel like that inner child is very much alive in me and, and I can kind of tap into that. And when I was writing this story It just made sense to me to write it from Jacob's perspective from the outset and i sat down and started writing about this world and the farm and in a sense i was discovering it as a reader would discover it i was seeing the world through his eyes i was coming to know his father i was coming to know his interaction with the animals and what was going on and writing from that viewpoint is tough. It's kind of counterintuitive in a way because some people may look at it and go, oh, well, you're writing a fairly simplistic point of view. But it's difficult to do that for an adult readership. And I think I perhaps underestimated how difficult that is and how much it would take out of me because it is that first-person perspective. I I felt like I was going into character every time I was sitting down there to write this book and I had to stay in touch with it every day. I had to be inside of that world as much as I could be, even when that was really, really difficult. I suppose it it probably has some parallels with kind of method acting or, you know, I certainly feel as though I don't have a very calculated or planned approach to my writing. I don't sit there and go, "Okay, here's what I want to impart with the story. Here's what I want readers to understand here's the message because I think readers are too sophisticated for that I think readers can sniff a mile away if you're trying to sell them something trying to sell a message and I want the reader to experience the book and experience that world as they want to experience it not with me in mind or my particular message
0: Who's behind the drawings?
1: (laughs) Yes, the the drawings are mine, I have to confess. And that was, you know, that was a very organic process as well. Like when I was drafting it, I thought, hang on, it would make sense here for Jacob to illustrate what he's describing because that's what an 11-year-old kid might do. And so I left a, a space there for the illustration more or less. And when I went back to redraft... Yeah, I was quite excited about doing these illustrations. I sat there and thought, okay, I'll do a picture of a goat now and this is what he would do. And I was trying to, I suppose, again, go into that viewpoint of what was happening right in that moment. How was Jacob feeling? Was he stressed? Was he feeling love toward an animal or was there something else cooking? And so I, I did those illustrations and I, I never really Thought that they would see the light of day. I have to admit I wasn't completely sure that my publisher would go with it and I suppose I thought that if they did, they would get someone, a proper illustrator in to do it. But I'm, I'm really grateful that they saw that as being part of, I, I guess, the the artistic vision that I had for this work. And I'm glad too that those pictures were going to see the light of day because I think I did them in a, in a really uninhibited way that I wasn't thinking, oh, what the hell are people going to think when they see these pictures that I drew them? They're going to get some terrible insight into my psyche. Yeah, they're very much an important part of the story. I'm not sure if I'm going to write a picture book next, but we'll see.
2: I think everybody would buy it if you wrote a picture book, Mark.
1: (laughs) It might be quite a nightmarish picture book, we'll see.
0: I have to say, I've got a little boy, he's not 11 yet, but one of the things I notice is that whenever I ask him to write something and we're homeschooling at the moment, he will automatically draw pictures to go with it. And you don't have to ask for the picture, the picture just comes. So there was something about the illustrations in the book that really rang true for me and gave it a really strong sense of authenticity. So I think it was a lovely addition.
1: Oh, thank you. That's that's great to hear.
0: I'd like to ask you about how
2: you figure out like the extent to which you put the darkness in in all of your books the characters themselves kind of have some grief it might be you know a family relationship that has broken down previous to the story or we're kind of watching it break down as the story progresses but you know this is a story and there is a climax and there are dark or violent or bad things that happen and sometimes I've noticed with your writing and I think this is a a real skill and it's a beautiful thing for the reader in a sense that you're not kind of confronted with blood and gore but a lot of the action is implied or happens off the page and yet we still very know what you are talking about and i guess is that for you is that for the reader is that how an 11 year old might process things i guess how do you get to the dark without being that explicit
1: yeah look i think all three of my books really deal with with trauma and darkness in different guises. I think that was true of of Wimra with, you know, Ben and Fab and they were dealing with the, the impact of child abuse, really. And also Anton and Danny in The Rip with what they experienced, what is implied that they experienced from their youth and how they're coping with that trauma or not, as the case may be. And, you know, when writing about difficult stuff and confronting issues and imagery and events I'm careful I suppose not to bludgeon the reader with that I think that and this again is a reflection of my reading experience I think the imagination can do a lot more work than what we can do as writers and so if I'm giving the right prompts to a reader. They can take that as far as they wish in their mind, as far as they're prepared to go, I suppose. And, I mean, I find in my own reading that often the most disturbing aspects of the story happen off the page. Like there's examples, say, A Little Life, the Hanya Yaganihara book, where they've had a particular, I suppose, artistic reason for why they've depicted these scenes of brutality and violence and sexual violence on the page. And I can respect that, but I think there's always a danger with that kind of writing, A, that you alienate some of your readers and they just go... I can't cope with this. And I mean, I I get that anyway, my work, even if I leave stuff off the page, that can happen. But I think too, there's a a risk of desensitising a reader. And I sound like I'm being a coward in the way that I approach it with my work, but it's not so much that. It's really that I do have faith in the creativity of a reader's imagination, you know. It's like writing is this remarkable exchange between an author and a reader where an author can make these little marks on a page you know and a reader picks it up and creates this world out of it and the world that they're creating is unique to them if you put two readers next to each other and they're describing particular aspects of the book They'll have different parts that they'll emphasise. They might describe a, a character's physical appearance completely differently to one another. That's part of the magic of writing. So I always want to leave enough space there for the reader to do that kind of legwork themselves because those sorts of books are the books that, for me, as a reader, stay with me much
0: longer as well. You use and build suspense and I'm going to use the word dread (laughs) really magnificently on the page and you give that truly uncomfortable like I have to keep reading but I don't want to keep reading feeling which weirdly I think I quite enjoy. doesn't sound like I should enjoy it but I think I do enjoy it. Is that what you like to read and if you sort of think about the genre in which you write, who do you like to read? Who does that well for you?
1: Ooh. Yeah, dread. Yeah, that's a, that kind of creeping feeling of, of dread that sort of propels you on. Like, I do love that as a reader. That isn't like, you're just looking up my bookshelf, like, it, it's probably not true of all the stuff that I love. I think, you know, a great example is uh, Ian Maguire, who's an English, I think, English writer who wrote The North Water, which is this story of a basically a a whaling vessel heading out into the North Sea. And in the opening of that book, you meet this character, Henry Drax, and he is the most horrible character you can imagine. And it describes this series of events on on the streets of this port before he's about to board this whaling vessel. And then you're left with the whaling trip and you know that this character's on the boat and what he's capable of. And you're turning the pages just thinking, Oh my God, this guy is like a psychopath. You people on the boat don't realize how bad he is. And so again, it's it's kind of that, that experience, I suppose, of of reading a little bit ahead and reading between the lines and, and becoming protective over the characters there. And I think that that is really The key to it in a way isn't so much the degree of how sinister the characters are, but it's how much you care about the other characters in the story because if, for argument's sake, a reader picked up the others and was reading about Jacob and didn't really care about what happened to him, it wouldn't matter how much dread I was building up in that outside world or with Jacob's father or with what was going on. There wouldn't be enough investment and that's really what it boils down to for me is about character and if you care about characters if they have enough complexity and you start to love them then that's a a really wonderful thing you know in terms of like rural just thinking about some crime writing in australia like there's obviously some fantastic crime writers out there and I think that probably you know, one of my favourites is Gary Disher. It sounds strange to say that he's kind of unheralded, but he sort of is, despite the fact he's had this really long career. But he writes about his characters with such care and such empathy. And I think that that is really the key to not just good crime writing or good horror writing or good literary writing. It's the key to all writing is about having that care and empathy.
2: In addition to care and empathy, you were just talking about dread. And this might indicate where I'm at at this point in time, but that did make me think of the pandemic that we are all living through. And my final question for you, can you see yourself exploring the pandemic in literature?
1: You know, I had a few questions about this topic. It won't surprise you. Not so much about whether I would write about it, but whether or not should be mentioned if we're writing about a story, a contemporary story, given the world that we're in. I never want to say never, but I don't think I would write about the pandemic as a central kind of event in the plot. But, you know, I think it could certainly be in the background because what we've experienced is how much pressure it can bring to bear, these external events can bring to bear upon us in our professional, personal lives, every aspect of our lives. And that pressure is really, you know, going back to my earlier question, that putting your characters under some kind of duress is really important in writing and in literature. So I don't know if I will write about it as a, a central theme of my work. I think I've Read and heard enough about it in real life um, <laughs> to make me completely disinterested in it as a topic that I'd want to write about, but you never know.
0: Mark Brandy, thank you so much for spending some time with Astrid and I on Anonymous Was a Woman. We have so enjoyed your company.
1: oh It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Jamila. Thanks, Astrid. <laughs>
0: That's all we've got time for with Astrid Edwards and Mark Brandy today. Thank you for being with us. If you have a moment, please go shopping. You can find Mark's work at all good bookstores. His previous books are Wimmera and The Rip and his new work is The Others. Thanks to Hachette Publishing, to Future Women and to Bad Producer Productions for making Anonymous Was a Woman possible. If you would like to hear more of the podcast then please make sure you subscribe or follow us wherever you get your podcasts and while you're there why not leave a sneaky rating or a review we will be back with you on monday morning